This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. September 21st, 1989. In a page one story in the San Francisco Chronicle, Randy Schiltz writes that the FBI had conducted exhaustive and apparently illegal surveillance of the gay rights movement for more than 20 years. The revelation came from more than 4,100 pages of documents obtained by the Chronicle under the Freedom of Information Act. Internal memorandums showed that the Bureau used informants who infiltrated gay rights groups. It tape-recorded meetings collected lists of members of gay organizations, investigated companies that advertised in gay magazines, took photos of people who took part in early gay rights marches. The decades of surveillance were directed personally by FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. And it wasn't just the FBI. The memos revealed that the Bureau shared information with other government agencies and other arms of law enforcement. Why'd they do that? to help those agencies enforce laws that prohibited the federal government and the armed services from employing known homosexuals. At the time this article was written in 1989, the ban on gays in the military would last, in some form, for another 22 years. The spying began in 1953 during the anti-communist hysteria when law enforcement, especially Hoover's FBI, saw almost everything as subversive. Being gay was commonly seen as no less subversive than being a communist. And on top of that, LGBT people were vulnerable to blackmail by communist foreign agents. It started with an investigation into one of the first national gay rights groups, the Mattachine Society in Los Angeles. The FBI office sent informants to the group's meetings and investigated its leaders. Hoover ordered similar investigations in other cities with chapters of the Mattachine Society, including San Francisco. FBI agents probed the companies that advertised in the society's small newsletter and the investigated businesses that employed members. After six months, the L.A. office closed that investigation. They concluded that the allegations of subversions were, quote, unfounded in fact. But even with the investigation formally closed, the surveillance continued. This pattern repeated itself all over the country, with all sorts of groups and individuals, for more than two decades. One of those groups was the Daughters of Belitis, founded in 1955 by Phyllis Lyon and Del Martin, who 49 years later would become the first same-sex couple to be legally married in San Francisco. The Daughters of Belitis was the nation's first social and political organization for lesbians. They knew about the surveillance. Phyllis Lyons said, We knew at times that our phone was tapped, but we didn't know what good it would do anybody. They'd just get bored hearing long conversations between Dell and her mother. Starting in 1962, the Washington chapter of the Mattachine Society became one of Hoover's favorite targets after Frank Kameny became its president. 
He was an astronomer who'd been fired from a civilian job by the U.S. Army in 1958 after the Army had learned of an earlier arrest for solicitation, a common charge used against gay people. He became an activist, attacking the federal policy of summarily firing any gay employees. He put Hoover on the Mattachine Society's newsletter mailing list. In 1964, FBI agents contacted him and told him it was offensive to send the newsletter to the FBI director. That's when Kameny knew the FBI was spying. His name was nowhere to be found on that newsletter. The spying apparently ended in the mid-1970s when the FBI adopted rules forbidding agents from investigating citizens simply for holding dissident viewpoints. That came in the wake of revelations about decades of similar harassment of civil rights organizations. In an amazing paragraph, Randy Schultz writes that in the 22 years covered by the documents released under the Freedom of Information Act, no investigation ever found that the gay organizations were involved in subversive or illegal activities. Thanks to Chronicle reporter Ryan Cost for his help with this episode. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your...